Hello everybody and welcome back. Thanks for tuning in again and listening to this new episode of History Mystery. Today we have a more controversial topic which is cultural diversity in Britain. The reason for this is that racism and integration, immigration are so widely discussed in politics but also in our day-to-day basis so that we thought we would have to make an episode about it but of course in our own style which is discussing the mystery in history let's talk about history let's talk about mystery let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that happen let's talk about history What is the first thing that comes to your mind when thinking about Britain? Is it the rainy weather, London, or maybe even the Beatles? Because why isn't it cultural diversity? This may seem weird because we could say that about any place really, but it is quite fascinating to see how many cultures came together in order to form Britain. In order to understand the diverse cultures in Britain better, we should actually take a brief look at Britain's history. And we are focusing on the swinging 60s because this was quite an interesting decade. So to start off, In 1961, the first men landed in space. And if this isn't crazy enough, one year later, in 1962, the audio cassette was invented, which doesn't seem like something very great, but it was just world shifting. And on the 14th of January in 1963, Britain and entered the European Common Market, um, winning the Labour general election two years later. Also, in 1965, the death penalty was abolished and England wins the Football World Cup in 1966, actually against West Germany. In 1967, Abortion and homosexuality are legalized, and this shows the changing social climate. And during this time, many people migrate to Great Britain. And to give us further statistics, we have asked Heinz Schmidt, a German professor, to just give us the specific information because it is actually quite fascinating. Professor Schmidt has also given us some statistics on which countries the people that migrate to Britain during that time the most are. In the beginning of the 60s, 2.3 million foreign-born people lived in England and Wales, which was 5% of the total population. It increased by 75,000 per year. 
Nowadays, more than 9.5 million residents who were born outside the UK live there, which puts it at the number two country with the highest foreign-born population. Though being quite a far away of first place, which is Germany, with a foreign-born population of over 13.7 million. To give us more of an idea from where these new people came from, um, Mr. Schmidt has also given up some statistics on which countries have the most rates of immigrants coming to Britain. In the 60s, the number one country where foreign-born residents came from was Ireland, with a number of around 680,000. Number two was India, which saw a big increase over the decade. In the beginning of the decade, only 157,000 foreign-born people came from India. But by the end of the decade, these numbers doubled to 313,000. If we compare this to the statistics today, we can see that Ireland, which was at number one, now only is in fourth place, counting 407,000 foreign-born residents. Nowadays, India is in the first place, with a number of 694,000. But as it is, when different people and cultures, new ideas come together, change happens in every way you could imagine. So today we are very... Very excited to announce that Lisa Weatherford was in the studio for this episode. She is an amazing, inspiring writer about um, just people and culture in general, just the worth of a human being. Um, she is also a professor at Oxford University. At her young age, she is quite an impressing, impressive woman. So, Lisa, Miss Weatherford, um, what was it actually like during the 60s? What was the situation? It's quite an interesting time. Um, one thing I do think is important to have in mind on this topic is that although today we're mostly talking about immigration to the UK, the 1960s were an important period of emigration, which means British citizens leaving the UK to live somewhere else. And the statistics show that actually the emigration rate was higher than the immigration rate. But to come back to your question, while in the 40s most immigrants came from post-war countries, in the 50s and especially the 60s, most immigrants came from the Indian subcontinent and the Commonwealth countries. They came to work in the UK factories, railways, hotels or restaurants and hoped to find a better life. Because there were so many immigrants coming from the Commonwealth countries, the UK Parliament responded with the 1962 Commonwealth Immigrants Act. What exactly is the Commonwealth Immigrants Act and why is it so important? shows how the government responded to the immigrants, and that is with even tighter controls. The 1962 Commonwealth Immigrants Act controlled the immigration of all Commonwealth 
passport holders, except those who held UK passports, and they now had to apply to a work voucher. Still, the law backfired because men who worked in the UK realized they may not be readmitted if they left the UK, and so instead of returning to their home countries, they decided to bring their families to the UK, which they were still allowed to do, and stay permanently. So how did the people react to so many immigrants staying in the UK? Were they used to it by now? No, not at all. The racial tensions tore communities apart. As I see it, the agitation for tighter immigrant controls already were an insidious and casual form of racism. Also, surveys conducted that four to five British people felt that too many immigrants had been let into the country at that time. For example, many racist barbers refused to let immigrants into their salons and signs like no colored, no Irish, no dogs were normal to see in the streets. Because of the rising tensions, the 1964 Race Relations Act was released, which for the first time made some kinds of racial discrimination illegal. Of course, that didn't change a lot, and so the 1968 Race Relations Act followed, which made discrimination in employment and housing illegal, and the first cases began to go to court. It must have been a very difficult and hard time, especially for the people coming to Britain, as racism was also very big. And in this following segment, we will actually talk um, to a guy who moved to Britain, leaving his home behind in the 60s. First of all, thank you for having me in your podcast. Oh no, thanks for joining us today. We're also very excited to hear that you love our podcast. Um, I listen to this podcast almost every morning on my way to work, and I have to admit I'm a, I'm a bit of a fan. <laughs> um, and by the way, I just wanted to say that this is my first time on a podcast, so I'm a little excited. <laughs> um, but now about me. Um, my name is Kwaili, and I'm 55 years old. Um, I live with my family in Norfolk, and I, I own a small traditional Chinese restaurant in Kingsland. Yeah. Um, welcome here. So you are here because you migrated from China to Britain, right? Yes, uh, I'm originally from Hong Kong, from, from China, uh, but I moved to Britain in 1964 uh, with my sister and uh, my mother. Uh, the reason for this was that my father already settled in Britain and he wanted us to come over. Um, he worked in a small restaurant uh, near Birmingham and told us that he lived in a large Chinese community. So, yeah, we decided to go and uh, packed everything and moved. Uh, so, what was it actually like coming to Britain? Um, I think the only and first thing I remember about our arrival was there was unexpectedly cold, yeah. Um, so time passed and I think yeah, even though at first everything seemed strange and different, uh, we started to get used to it more and more. So some years later I, I finished my school and I studied graphic design and... But did you ever come to a place where you felt like you were unwelcomed or where it was harder to fit in? 
Yeah, I think it was at the end of the 70s. Yeah,、uh, my father he decided to buy his own restaurant in a in a new area, and this was a huge step for us、uh, because there we didn't have a Chinese community、uh, to orientate ourselves.、Um, so. Yeah, we were seen as strangers for the first time, and it was very difficult and hard for us、um, to get to know with the local people. And then some years later,、uh, yeah, my father he died, and I took over his restaurant. And since then, I have been working there, and、um, I think we are still one of the only immigrants in the area, which is pretty, pretty,、uh, yeah, weird. So, what was moving to this new place like? Was it different because you weren't in your well, what you called it, Chinese community anymore? Oh yes, unfortunately, I have had many confrontations with racism or general problems because of my immigration status.、Um, only a few immigrants live in my area, and most of the local people are very happy about it. Um, when I arrived in Britain as a child, I had hardly any contact with racism or discrimination, or maybe I just didn't notice it. I don't know. <laughs>、um, but nowadays it's pretty bad、uh, because I think the big problem is the new generation, because they seem even more intolerant. And what things have you experienced that had you shocked? They recently smashed two windows in my restaurant and sprayed the text "Not welcome" on my ceiling. So yes, it is not easy, and I don't quite understand it because、uh, I don't know. I just hope the future,、um, yeah, will change up. But also in politics, many people had to say a lot about immigration and the cultural adjustments countries had to make in order to live peacefully. And in this following bit, we will hear a speech by Theresa May、um, in 2015. Millions of people in poorer countries who love to live in Britain, and there is a limit to the amount of immigrants any country can and also should take. The best way of helping the most people is not by bringing relatively small numbers of refugees to this country, but by working with the vast numbers who remain in the region. This shows how Britain's politics is rather to work with what they have than to take everyone in. And now we will listen to a speech by Margaret Thatcher, who was the Prime Minister, well, during the 60s basically, and she has a different point of view on immigration. Are really rather afraid that this country might be rather swamped by people with a different culture. If we do not want people to go to extremes, we ourselves must talk about this problem, and we must show that we are prepared to deal with it.
We are not in politics to ignore people's worries. We are in politics to deal with them. So here she actually addresses the problem instead of the people as the problem. Um, it is quite interesting to think about how politics have maybe changed over the years because of the many things that have happened. Throughout this episode, we have been in various areas of the 60s that all surrounded cultural development um, in Britain. So obviously cultural diversity is in Britain's history quite important and has made Britain to what it is today. But it is also quite a problem still as, well, racism and no acceptance are quite relevant. So from this episode, just be more conscious about your surrounding and how you treat others or see others being treated. Care for others, love others and live a happy life, you and your fellow people. Thank you for listening to another podcast episode. Special thanks to all our guests and producers. Hopefully you'll hear from me next time. Have a good week and goodbye. Let's talk about history. Let's talk about mystery. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that have been. Let's talk about... History. That's a mystery. <laughs>